Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, poet and playwright, Mark Antony Rossi. In this, our second year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host. folks and welcome back to strength of the human this is your host uh, poet and playwright host of the show mark anthony rossi we have uh, another exciting episode over here in the new month of august so i'm always excited for that uh we're going to go back to another version of the uh the mailback episode i have so many emails that have accumulated over the last few months you know quite frankly between the vacation and covid and race riots and everything else you know it's it's been a while to get over to this because there's other things i wanted to really write about and even even talk about. So we're going to call this episode, it's episode 135, uh, Mailbags, Windbags, and Sandbags. Just having a little fun with it. Uh, As you know, I I tend to read off the emails, even if they're bad, as well as they're good, even if they're fair, if they're not fair. That's life anyway, so why not also read about what people send in? I mean, they're listening to the show, so I really can't complain in the end, even if they're being mean. That's just the way it is sometimes, and you have to live with that. The cost of doing the show and sometimes just the cost of having an audience. Not everybody's going to be happy. Not everybody's going to be excited, and not everybody's going to be uh, snorky. You're going to have just a real good mixed bag of things. All right, so one of the first uh, emails I've gotten, and I'm, I'm kind of going back from this is August right now, so I'm actually going back from like March to now. So I know it seems like a long period of time, but I haven't really done one of these mailbag episodes in quite some time. I did three of them. So this is really number four. I'm just calling it a little bit something different just because, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of go off on a tangent on a couple of things now as well, as well as just reading the, uh, uh, the, um, the email mainly because, um, some of these are about particular pieces that we also, um, uh, published in, uh, in aerial uh, chart as well. So we're going to get that as much as uh, people um, uh, talking about various shows or various ideas in shows. So it's sort of a mixed bag of all of that. It's nice to be able to do that. I asked people before if you want to talk about the, something on the aerial chart as well, the journal that I published, I don't have any problem talking about that on the show too. It's, that's fine with me as long as it's, you know, makes some sense. So I'm, I'm okay with that. All right. Now I had someone in here, and this is the first one we'll bring up. They were mentioning Bukowski, you know, the the writer Charles Bukowski, and everybody knows that I've I've had a couple of shows where we've had, you know, some real mention of him uh, here and there, and I have yet to do a full show on him. I try to keep those type of shows, those the thoughts on, uh, you know, the classic writers series that I do. I try to keep that to the writers that I feel the most strong about in terms of these are the people that I love and these are the people that I read and these are the people I have a real, a real expertise on. Where Bukowski, uh, I'm well read on on many of the things that he's done over of the over the years, and I know exactly who he is and what he's done. But he wouldn't be what I consider one of my favorites. This is not a knock on him; it's just my taste. That's all. But I, I do eventually want to do a show on him, uh, mainly because he is terribly interesting. Uh, he's a very good writer, and just because he's had a, a really rough childhood, even a rough adulthood, to be honest with you. 
uh, it, it doesn't mean that that detracts from what we're talking about. I think that's the only angle I'd like to really focus on sometimes, and we'll talk about this on the show here, especially in relationship to this email, is, is some of the some of the hero worship and some of the legendary stuff that that's not always helpful. It doesn't help art really. It doesn't help the writer, and it really doesn't help people who are trying to emulate that kind of behavior as well. So this person was saying that um, pretty much, uh, why do you knock Buck? That's what they used to like call him, you know, B-U-C. Okay. Uh, B-U-K, I think it is that they used to say, uh, why do you knock Buck? And that and that acknowledged him as one of the great masters of poetry of the 21st century. I don't know, maybe more like the 20th century, but okay, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you that. Okay. Um, I, I don't I don't I don't knock any writer really at all because if I talk about them. These are people that, that have made a difference in, in writing and in art, and, and therefore they deserve our, our respect. That's not the same things that we agree with the things they talk about or what they write about or even how they lived. Those those are separate issues, okay? Writing is writing, art is art, and you, you're doing it, and it's acknowledged, and it has an impact out there, then you deserve our respect. So um, I've never said or did anything that would pretty much to say that. I wouldn't have respect for him. But I've said oftentimes, and I'll say it again, and I'll definitely say it on the show that I create about him, is uh, people out there thinking they can drink all day, acting like a fool, destroy relationships, live in a flop house, and, and somehow think that they're going to be uh, just as good as a writer as him. And not only that foolhardy, it's not even scientific. It's just completely silly, okay? He was one of the few writers that actually drank and write which most people find it very difficult to do. But this is the kind of person that he was, dealing with the kind of demons he was dealing with. This is how he decided to choose his life. So I'm not interested in mocking his life. I understand a lot about his life, and I understand how you know, it crossed over into the art and how he could draw from that. And that's great. A lot of writers do that. They draw from different parts of their, of, of their, of their life. Not everybody's acting the way he was acting. But... You're talking about the year 2020. If you're going to act that way, there are consequences. And it's beyond just you becoming a, a good artist or a good writer. Okay? We don't really live in that kind of world anymore where people look at that and laugh or think it's cute or think it's sexy or think it's so he's just being a hippie. We don't have that kind of world anymore. This is a different world. If you act that way, you're going to ruin everything around you. You'll probably be winding up in jail or dead. And who's going to remember you? Who's going to remember whatever you wrote if you got a chance to even write anything at all? Okay? Remember, he was still, even amongst all that behavior, this was still a professional writer. This was still a diligent writer. This is still somebody that cared about writing and art and was out there continuing to do so. One of the few that could do it through the kind of alcoholic rages he went through, unfortunately. So that's where we're at on that, folks. Okay? Nobody's knocking everything, but just because I don't feel this writer or, or this person that you like is some kind of great legend, it doesn't mean that they're not. Because in your mind, they are. That's great. In my mind, I might have a different opinion. That's called, you know, living in a free society, okay? And that's not called me cheerleading and everything that you want to give me to cheerlead. Because that's why this show is Strength to be Human. So I got the strength to be human to speak my mind. Not to disagree with everybody or to disagree with everybody. This is where my take is. You might have something different. That's wonderful. There's a lot to talk about that guy. And when we have that show, it'll be a fun and interesting one. That's for sure. And that's why we'd want to do it. Not because I love the guy. Not because I love all his writing. But I love what he tried to do. I respect him as an artist. All right. 
Now, the, the mailbag itself, I had a few um, inquiries over here about just sort of changing the show a little bit. And I, I don't really feel there's a real change over there. I, I used to have a, a person, a, a fellow writer that was a guest and, and helped with some of the episodes. And that person chose to do something else and didn't want to do that anymore. So, no hard feelings. Uh, that's all you could do in something like that. So, I don't really find it a change. It's just that I'm not getting any younger here. And, and, and quite frankly, not to knock anybody, including that person, if they don't want to be part of it, then they don't want to be a part of it. You can't work around trying to drag somebody in to do something like that. Not to mention, like I said, I'm not getting any younger over here, and you know, I, I need people to be reliable. And if they don't want to be part of it or they can't be reliable, then I just I don't really need that any longer. Then I'll just continue the show in my own way. And that's really all I can do then because I'm going to be the most reliable in it. That's really all you can do sometimes. You know, if you know anything about having to rely on yourself or having sometimes to have to rely on people that might not always be coming through for you, might not always be punctual, might not always just be on, on time about things. And I don't mean on time in terms of the clock. I mean just on time in terms of what we're trying to do. You all understand what I'm talking about. We, we, we live in relationships that have that. And we have jobs that are sometimes like that. So it's no different in the art world, but I, there's a few things that I'm, I'm willing to tolerate along that line because um, I, I do this in my time. I love doing it. I, I love being a writer, and I love talking about writing and doing whatever I can to help people. You know, but I, I, I can't carry the planet on my back, and I'm not willing to do so. So I'm happy to, to go about this alone. I started out that way, and apparently that's how I'm going to end, and, and that's okay. I'm all right with that. So that's where that is, okay? No big controversy, and in the end, no big hassle. We, we just move on. That's what life's all about, okay? Now, I got a lot. I mean, this is probably the most I ever got on a subject on this show. And God Almighty, we get some stuff sometimes. And sometimes, some things I can't even talk about on the show because it's so profanity-laced that it's ridiculous. And if anyone remembers, this is a network where profanity is not allowed. You can talk about sex all day long on the show, but you curse words, and then I'm going to get bleeped to the death over here and, and get a lecture. So some things I can't even, like, really recite. I mean, because it's like bleep, I bleep, that's not helpful. But the romance writer was an article that was written by uh, Donald uh, Mace, a great writer out of there, Arizona. And also, when I did a, a, another show with him, uh, Conversations with uh, uh, Donald uh, Dean Mace, we talked about this as well. And he read it off on the show to recite the piece again. And we had a more in-depth conversation. So I got so many emails about that. Um, I'm going to group a couple of them together, mainly because uh, reading them individually sometimes won't make sense because some of them are quite redundant. And no offense to anyone writing me, I appreciate that, but it doesn't make any sense to cite the same thing six times when six times people have the same kind of inquiry. So, but it covers all of you at least, and be happy about that. Uh, the the main and the first type of uh, questions about the romance writer is why did you name it the romance writer when we're talking about romanticism as a form of writing, an older form, although some people still do, but an older form of writing versus. Um, people believing when they read this article, this is going to be about the romance novel. You know, the, the one where the guy with the long hair and the girl's running around in the field and 
you know, all that stuff. Some of it's actually uh, like semi-soft core porn in some instances, you know, something like, uh, you know, the um, that whole Grey series that, that they made uh, not only the books out of, but also the movies out of. Um, it wasn't about that. And, but this is not, and, and this is because I had the same question. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not beating anybody up for having this question. It's a natural and it's a normal question under the circumstances. You have to realize sometimes when you use a title for something, as much as you're responsible to do your best on trying to get that title to where you want it to be, to help sort of be in the banner, or the marketing device to get people, you know, to read what you wrote. Um, you're going to not be responsible if the word itself has been damaged so much and, and used in such a fashion that it's hard to break out of it. I, if I was writing about the subject, I went in a different direction with the title. That's just me. This fellow, he decided to use this because he felt it was still accurate to what he was talking about. He's talking about the romance of... Of, of looking at uh, something in, in a different fashion versus the, the realism of something. You know, um, many people don't realize that Edgar Allan Poe was, was, was one of those romantic novelists. And, and not, again, the type of love and, you know, kisses and all that stuff, but the, the type of romanticism that it was trying to go back to uh, the older form of, of viewing things to bring a, a, a better sense of realism. That's why, if you noticed in his short stories, one of the things that made them so impactful on people it's not that they had some scary sense of horror and weird crap is happening and blood's flying everywhere and blah 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 and he's writing this in the 1800s no that's that would be just a novelty at best we wouldn't remember this guy if if it was just that it's because he lent inside the stories that romantic type of view of bringing real gravity to it when you read it you think something's really happening. It has almost a journalistic feeling to it. It has a feeling of he's literally reporting something, even though this is an entire work of fiction, okay? All right, black cats don't tell cops that you're a murderer, okay? All right, giant monkey creatures are not going around killing people in Paris. All right, so let's be serious here, okay? But you could put that theory that he felt was important into these type of stories and bring them out to where they seem real. They have full dimensions, where, the, where they have such an impact on you that it makes it more scary. And that's what he's talking about in some piece like that. That's what he's trying to say in, in that piece. And that's what he was doing, uh, uh, Mr. Mason, in, in the romance writer. So we got a lot of emails. I, I got another one over here that's, that that plainly, plainly says, I love the piece. This is the kind of thing I like to see more often because oftentimes when people engage in academic jargon, that's the uh, emailer's term, okay? Uh, they uh, lose the audience. So I, I, I hear what this guy is saying, and I think that's great that he said that, mainly because what he's trying to say is he'd like to see something that's a little bit more highbrow once in a while in art. Maybe he's even saying it in my, my journal. And that's okay. I won't be offended. There's some truth to that. I just started taking nonfiction a couple months ago. So, you know, give me some room to screw up, okay? I, I'm not there yet. All right, but at the same point, I have to think he's right. Oftentimes, a magazine, maybe different than mine, that, that's had a longer history of taking nonfiction, or as they call it, creative nonfiction, they they want, it's almost like they want something that's full of all this academic jargon. It has Latin and Greek terms from one end to the other. P 
people reading this going, yeah, I'm glad that sounded sophisticated. And wow, he must be talking about something deep. But what the hell is he talking about? Remember, I don't care who you are. And if I'm just talking about the academic writer, that's fine. You can listen to this and get mad. But your job, just like all the rest of our jobs, is to connect with the audience. That means that, on at least on a general way, they have to have some understanding about what the heck you're talking about in that piece, in that poem, in that play, whatever. They have to. So if you're going to load it up with all this junk that nobody knows what the hell you're talking about because it makes you sound sophisticated and educated, well, I guess you wrote that for yourself because you're not writing it for me. And that's who you're supposed to be writing it for. So that's really where I think that email is going and where that where that person is writing is going. And I, and I agree with them wholeheartedly. And I, I, it's the reason why sometimes I literally have to reject pieces because I'm like, listen, man, I know you're a professor of this, that, and whatever, and God bless you, okay? Keep at it. You know, appreciate that. But I shouldn't have to consult my dictionary, okay, or, or my glossary or, or, or Google all right, to understand half the what the hell you're talking about, okay? And I'm an older fellow who's traveled the world. I'm somebody who has a college degree. If I can't even figure out what the hell you're saying, we got a problem. Because if I can't figure it out, guess what? A lot of people who's reading this or listening to us, they're going to have problems too, all right? We're not all a bunch of dummies over here, but uh, we're not all a bunch of, of geniuses that some kind of have some deep spiritual insight in what the hell you're writing. Your job, just like anybody else, professor or not professor, is to make a connection, all right? So it's really hard for you to make a connection if you're quoting some archaic Greek you know, theory from 17 million years ago, all right? It's kind of hard to do that. So just keep that in mind. It's going to be real helpful on how you get accepted, especially by me. All right, now, uh, one of the... The next things we got some email on, we got a few more emails. I'm happy because it's one of my pieces for a change. Always good to talk about something I do. Remember, I spent a great deal of the show talking about other people's stuff. Uh, is um, the piece I wrote in an aerial chart uh, called, uh, you know, uh, what about a uh, national reconciliation? So I was, you know, I'm just writing a piece about some of the things that are going on right now in, in America and how maybe we should be looking at adopting some version of the National Reconciliation uh, uh, Council and Committee that they had in South Africa, where they literally pulled up people into a court-like committee, had them confess their sins, their crimes, or whatever, and not prosecute them so that the nation could start healing from the incredible uh, racist laws. And I don't know I don't know, if folks who listen to this know anything about history or they even care about history or they know anything about the world, which I've traveled a great deal, okay? I'm not defending America when I say this. It's just the truth. And if you don't realize it, you might want to go find it out. On on nations where there's a level of racism, okay, we don't even we don't even meet the bottom scale. Okay? That's how low we are. So we can ride all day long, but it's nothing compared to what I've seen. I've seen it in France, I've seen it in Germany, I actually seen it in Sweden, I've seen it in Saudi Arabia. I was in Turkey and saw an unbelievable amount of crap, okay? And I know, even though I never got a chance to South Africa, their idea of racism was beyond anything we could have dreamt in our worst days. I'm serious. So we need to be careful about what we try to say with this country. But in the end, there is racism here. It's not like there's not. And 
I think that if we adopted a lot of those ideas, that's really what's going to help put a lot of this to bed. Because that's what we need to do. I don't really think after the civil rights came out that we really invested anymore as people, black, white, or whatever, in, in making sure that we're making a connection with each other. I just don't think, I think we gave up on that decades ago. So whenever we have a problem, uh, disease or financial issues or a bunch of cops acting foolish, which I certainly don't agree with, and we need more police reform, not more riots, okay? We go back to some of the same questions again. And why do we do that? Because we haven't resolved them. So that's what that piece is about, trying to resolve that. I really think that we need to have a national sit-down. It could be televised. It could go on for weeks if we needed to. But it's the only way we're going to really be able to figure out how to fix this. Because without that, we're not going to go anywhere. We're going to keep doing what we've been doing for about five decades right now. We have a burst of something. It goes away. People go back to whatever they do, and that's it. This one, though, in my lifetime, is the worst that I, I've ever seen or encountered. This is the, This is the kind of situation where... I honestly think if we're not figuring a way to connect with each other, it's really going to set back this stuff for a long time to come. It's going to affect a lot of things that we don't figure out how to resolve it. So hopefully we're able to do that. It was my contribution towards that, that we really need to look what they did and maybe try to adapt that here. Because without it, our children, we're going to go back into this situation in another 20, 30 years. We're going to keep looking at this situation in a history book yeah, we did this, we did that, we burned this, we took that statue down, blah, 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 blah. And uh, 35 years later, we still have a bunch of racists out there. There's still a bunch of crap going on in society that hasn't been resolved. And all of that was for nothing. And that's really what I'm saying in that piece. If any of this is worth anything, it needs to be forcing us to sit down to try to work out what's going to be necessary for us to be able to live and respect each other. If it doesn't do that, it's just a footnote in the history book, and we go back to the same stuff we've been doing for 50 years right now. Go to a cafeteria, black people sit over there, white people sit over there. If that's the, if that's the country you want and that's the life you want, don't do anything about it, and that's what you're going to get. Because I wouldn't even allow that when I was in the service. And I mentioned that before on the show. I literally had that situation. This is before all this other stuff has become... You know, woke this and woke that and all these cute terms. It just made practical sense. I told that guy in my unit because I was the one in charge. No, you don't get to sit down with your other friends over there. I don't care if they're black or not. You're in my unit. In my unit, we work together. We hang out together at lunch. But when our shift is over with, if you want to go back and hang out with those folks, that's your business. And that's fine. But... While we're on shift, while we're in a unit, a unit means that we're together, that's what a unit means, then you're going to be with us. You got a little miffed about that, but it's not like he can do anything about it. I'm the one in charge. Over the course of time, he understood exactly what we're talking about. Because when people work together and when they get to know each other, guess what? It's not magic. It's not a Hollywood movie. They start learning to respect each other. Don't have crazy notions that somebody put in their head. Don't see the color anymore. They see the purpose. They see the character. They see even a version of friendship that you get to be like, oh, I like this guy. Sometimes I wouldn't mind hanging out with him. 
that's what you get. You get a great unit. You get what they call unit cohesion. That's what they call it. Not hard to figure that out in the civilian world, folks. It's not like some great military concept I just came up with. It's really simple stuff. And we make this more complicated than it needs to be. We became great friends, that guy. He did well with our unit. I was very happy to have him. And, and oftentimes, he even went out with us later on to do things, just with the unit. And I said, why don't you bring your friends over? Nothing wrong with that. We all hang out together and do stuff on the economy in Germany, having a good time. People not worrying about that nonsense and worrying about who they are. I'm an American. I'm a soldier. This is my job. And now I'm going to go have some fun and be respectful of other people who are different than I am and then go back to my base and go to bed and, and, and know that I'm doing something for my country in another country, learning things. That's it. Not terribly complicated. It really isn't. We, we make it more difficult, I think, sometimes because we want it to be difficult and then other times just because we're too afraid to do anything about it. Um, if we're ever going to fix any of this stuff, we need to go over those things quickly. Another wonderful set of questions I got, particularly uh, on, on this uh, issue, was about creativity. And we had a, um, our editor, uh, Jana Begovich, she wrote a piece about a step towards creativity. And I, and I really I really liked it. I love publishing it, and, and I like a lot of the questions. Uh, we got a number of comments about how they felt. And this particular writer says, and, and, I, and I quote him, okay, because he was definitely a writer. He made it really clear, okay? The best piece I read about inspiration in perhaps a, a decade. This is the kind of writing that writers can need as well as other people in, that are in any other field of, of artistic endeavor. Because instead of citing rules or even berating people, this is a piece that uplifts and therefore is a valuable tool in our road towards success. And I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Not all of us can can see everything that's going on. And and sometimes, and I, I know I, I spoke to her about this when, when I first read it and, and decided to publish it. You know, I always have a laugh about when there's a piece that I love very much. The first thing I say to him is like, why the hell did I think of that? <laughs> Which is just a nice way of saying, I wish the hell I wrote that. That's just the truth. It's not really a, a type of jealousy. It's just more of that professional envy of like, man, I wish I got that thing. But we can't catch it all. That's the whole point. That's why there's a Mark, and that's why there's a Donald. That's why there's a Jana. That, that's why, because we're not going to be able to catch it all. But all together, it helps us form a better idea, not only about the world, but even about creativity. And I've actually written a number of things about creativity, and we've had a few shows about it. But I'm not lying with you. Uh, I had never really got to the point where she got. I mean, she just she just got it better, better than what I did. He's responded to that. I'm expecting other people will, you know, as they go down the line and they catch that link and they, and they read it on the internet because you know it's archived now, you know, in aerial charts. So I'm proud to have published it, and, and, and more importantly, I think it's important to be out there, especially in the days we live in right now, where people can be. Um, many many times dark and cynical and they don't need to but i understand why they are and something like that can actually kind of not only lift your spirits or maybe just open you up long enough to understand that it's not all grim and you know grimace out there 
You can do wonderful things. You can do positive things. And you might still get the reception you expect you're going to get. I think sometimes with writing in particular, I don't know about other art forms because I'm not a musician or a singer. But I know with writing, sometimes there's a perception from writers that if they're not doing anything that's, quote, edgy, they're not doing something that has some dark element into it, that they're not being serious, that they're not going to be taken serious, that they're not going to even be read. And to me, that, that's a fallacy that people think that way. I'd like to see more things that were light, lighthearted, inspirational. And I'm not talking about Hallmark. I mean, real inspiration like what she did. I'd like to see more of that. I'd love to publish more of that. I wish the hell I could write more of that. But in the end, some people can see that more than others. So that's good for all of us because it's going to help us. Just because you didn't write it doesn't mean you still can't benefit from it. So I still feel, you know, not as an editor, but as a writer, that I can benefit from that. And and I'll take it as that. And I think that person was because, I mean, Jesus, they said uh, in, in a decade that that was the best thing they read on that. That's a lot. And, and that, that's just really a testament to who she is as a writer. And uh, I, I hope I get a little bit of credit on as an editor trying to push that because I think it's important for people to see that as well. Now, I got a, I got a couple of um, really unusual emails, and I get those every so often. Sometimes they're too strange to talk about on the show, and I'm okay with that. Like I said, I, I do as much as I can to reveal what's been said and what's been sent. But, you know, sometimes it gets a little too weird and you can't do that. You know, I got people, sometimes they get stuff that's bigoted and just, there's no point to even repeat that. Right? There's no point. And then, of course, I get some people that ask unusual things that we're not interested in doing on the show. Okay. So, and I'll give you an example. Okay. Why don't you do something that's related to the paranormal? That was literally the question, just like that. All right. And to be honest with you, this is the literary show, okay? I, I like things about the paranormal. I happen to think that it's in an interesting field. I also like to hear things about aliens, too. But that's not this kind of a show. Now, on Aerial Chart, even though it's still a literary journal, if somebody wants to write a nonfiction piece on Bigfoot or aliens or, or spirits from beyond, I mean, as long as it's written well, as long as it's making some interesting, valid points, I don't have any problem on a nonfiction basis putting that in there. I don't have a problem with that at all. I don't get that. I don't really advertise that at all. It's not like I'm putting in my guidelines. I need some ghost stories right now and throw in a Bigfoot while you're at it. And I'm not doing that because that's not the kind of show I have. That's not kind of the magazine I have. But it doesn't mean I'm not interested in that. It's just that it still has to be literary. Okay? It can't be a boring Bigfoot story. He's really smelly. He's nine foot tall. He's running around the forest. He scared the hell out of my grandmother. I hope they catch him one day and have a good day. Bye. I mean, it can't be the same boring stuff we've heard for like 100 years now. All right. So you got an interesting angle on it. Something cool. I'll look at it. Not a guarantee, but I, I keep my mind open. But it can't be the, the you know, the same boring cliches with stuff we have. It's just like the short fiction we've taken. I, I, I've taken some stuff that along that angle. And I've even taken some stuff that was a straight science fiction. I'm okay with that. But again, it's a literary magazine. So you better be writing well and it better be literary. Okay? Just because you have a spaceship in it doesn't mean that afterwards I need to read, you know, 20 sentences of naked girls and laser beams. 
All right? Again, it has to be literary, folks. It's no different than anything paranormal. So that's really the problem with that kind of writing. You just don't get the kind of quality that you need for that. So that's the reason why. It's not because we have some blanket refusal on it. I just need something that's going to be worthwhile to be read. I mean, because I still have a literary journal. I still have to wonder about what people perceive on it. And, and I already have a diverse amount of material and, and people in there as it is. So if I'm going to spread that anymore, it's going to have to fit with that. It has to make some sense. So and I'll invite that. Sure. Is it going to get published? Heck if I know. I, I need to say something that, that's worthwhile. And I'm telling you right now, if you look at all the fiction I've published over the last four years, there's only a handful, I mean, literally like in your hand, of, of that sort of element that, that, that I published. And you'll notice it all makes sense. It's all interesting as heck. But I just don't get enough of that to, to really, uh, you know, advertise about it or, or even fret over it. Oh, I don't, I didn't get any science fiction this month. I got nothing against it, but I'm not exactly wishing for it either. Okay. And I'm not losing any sleep if I don't get the upteenth ump story about ghosts or I don't get the gay vampire friggin' story. Okay. I mean, oh well, I think I'll live okay without it. But if you want to send it and you can make it literary, gay vampire and all, I'll, I'll, I'll seriously consider it. So just keep that in mind. All right. All right, so I got another another unusual uh, email over here. Uh, this one's kind of funny, actually, and you know I'm I'm okay with it. All right, I want to write for Aerial Chart. I'm 16 years old, but your rules say that unless I get my parents' permission, or I'm 18, I can't write. So I I literally emailed the person back and I explained to them uh, that yeah, that is the policy, and if they're willing. You know, to give me permission, I'd be able to look at the person's stuff and you know, see if something that is, we can consider an aerial chart. Uh, I haven't got any response back from anybody ever since I got the email, by the way. So I thought it was, it, I thought it was cute. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, again, um, when you when you operate in anything at all on the internet these days, because of the kind of world that we live in, you don't you don't want to have lots of contact with somebody under eighteen. We'll have lots of conversations with them. I keep it short. I keep it sweet. That's about it. That's probably the, the only comment I'm going to have on it. It's up to them to make the next move and have their parents make some contact with me and give me permission to, you know, to look at some of their work. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. I mean, that, that's it. You know, some people say, well, well, how can you really tell, Mark? Well, I've been a writer for almost 40 years, okay? I can tell from writing if a person is gay or not. Okay, I can I can tell if they if they're young or not. It's not hard to see it. Some things just leave its mark. Unless there's somebody extraordinarily mature and talented at 16, I'm gonna be able to tell. So it's not hard to do so. And thankfully for this young lady, she was uh, handed and and honorable enough to to mention it. And hopefully I get to see something from her. I mean, it could be something interesting. You never know. But you have to stick to your guidelines regardless of what the situation is because they're there for a reason and that particular reason is important you know as anybody who does anything on the internet you know you want to be respectful of children and you want to be respectful of parents really that's what you're doing when you're putting a rule like that in place you know i would hope that other people would do that if my kids ever went over there and said hey this and hey that you know you want to make sure that you know people are being uh, aware and, and and respectful so 
you know, hopefully that that will continue. And like I said, I, I'm hoping to hear back from this person or their parents. It would be it would be nice. Uh, one of the uh, the third uh, strange email I got, if you want to call it interesting or, or strange, was I had asked, somebody asked me about if we're ever going to do a show about animals. And, and of course, I'm, I'm saying to myself again, um, "Shan't to be human," uh, being the operative word "human," is about you know literary things. I actually did a show though about uh, animals as characters. We did a series of, of of different characters that people can use. I think one was houses as characters, and one was about like ghosts as characters or spirits or something. And then I did one on animals because there are a number of major pieces out there, both uh, uh, writing. Uh, articles and, and novels and even sometimes plays that uh, one of these things is the actual character itself. And in some instances, you know, you even have ghosts talking to people, interacting, you got animals doing the same thing, houses are, are reacting in their own, you know, a signal type of way to get your attention. So these have become characters in these pieces. So I thought it was interesting to kind of go through all the things over the last couple hundred years that use that and how in our own writing, we can use as an element. So I just mentioned to that person, and I mentioned it on the show now, that we did a show like that. Now, if you're referring to uh, when I'm going to have the show about the squirrel that runs back and forth between my yard and the tree, uh, which, by the way, I'm not too happy with because half the time it's stealing the bird seed, which I put out for the cardinals in the blue days, not for the stupid squirrel, but it keeps stealing it. And I really like to bop it over the head, but I can't because I'm not looking to harm an animal. Uh, but I I wish I could stop it. I can't. And I want to harm it. So I'm stuck to do what I do all the time. Put more bird seed in. Hope the hell it's enough for the birds because the squirrel is going to eat the rest. If you're talking about that kind of show, that's not happening because that's not literary. Okay? Unless somebody writes some fabulous squirrel story that makes it interesting and clever, maybe we could talk about that. But remember literary show sent to be human no animals regarding this at all okay so that's the end of those unusual questions i get like i said i get other ones i don't talk about because sometimes those things are just nasty uh rude uh sometimes sexual and sometimes just straight bigoted you wouldn't believe some of the stuff that people ask why we haven't done why we haven't said why we're going to say it you know and then of course you got your people with the conspiracy theories all over the place if anyone knows me or through the show, I'm not a believer in any of those, okay? Mainly because the problem with all conspiracy theories is they're a way to deflect from personal responsibility. Because you'll find in every single conspiracy theory somebody they're conveniently blaming, okay? It could be the black person, it could be the Jewish person, it could be the gay person. It could be the, the scientists, it could be the, the bankers, whatever. There's always somebody they're blaming. They never take any responsibility for anything that's going on in their situation. God forbid. And that's the problem with the conspiracy theory. It's not really a conspiracy theory. It's just a little mini ideology that someone came up with because it lets them blame stuff in their life or stuff that they don't like in the world onto somebody else. That's all they are. That's why I don't take them seriously because at the heart, there's something immoral about them, something deeply unethical, and something that's usually rooted in some form of hatred or bigotry. There's no point to have them because they're just they're plain dumb. 
Don't, you know, take some responsibility for your life. Don't blame other people for it. Can't do that. Well, I guess you're going to adopt one of those theories. And we don't ever talk about those on the show because this show is about literature. This show is about people trying to conquer their own demons to get out there and write and to do something creative. It's not to add hate to the world right now. It doesn't need any more. Okay. It needs more people like Begovich over there writing positive things. All right. Or interesting things like uh, Mace wrote. He, he wrote a, uh, an article uh, on Aerial Chart about um, defunding the police. How from a law, law enforcement's perspective, which he had, uh, how that was not a, a wise course of action. And he wrote down a very balanced article about that. It wasn't pro-cop and it wasn't pro-protest. It was actually pretty, pretty damn awesome and, 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 and just really spread out everything to where you can really see it. It makes sense. And you're like, yeah, that's probably not the best idea. Maybe we're just going back to just trying to have better police reform so that you can root out some of the bad eggs because that's all there is. Just got a couple of them. But you know how it is in the world. It only takes a couple of people, mess things up, and the next thing you know, everybody's being blamed. That's all you really have to do. And he did a great, great job on that. So we, we got a lot of good writers that, that do that, that can weigh reason and, and common sense and, and emotionality so that we can have something that, that's a still a good piece of art, but also something that we can hang our hat on to and, and, and feel pretty proud about. All right, folks, I, I really appreciate your, your time on this show, uh, our episode 135. Uh, mailbags, windbags, and sandbags. It's sort of like the fourth version of this mailbag series. So I'm glad to get it out there and get some of these emails out there so I can feel like I'm, you know, I've caught, I'm pretty much caught up on that. Uh, in August, we're looking at a number of interesting shows. I want to do definitely a show about uh, Bukowski, but a little bit about his life, some of the legends, some of the, the, the good and the bad in that. So it'll be an interesting thing to do as part of the. You know, the uh, the author, the classic author series that we, we've done for a while there. And uh, later on, we're also going to be doing a sequel of the Edgar Allan Show, Edgar Allan Poe Show. We'll be doing that, learning more about some of his writing and some of his life. So I'm always pretty excited about that. Uh, I'm going to have a show about some of the basic tenets uh, of science fiction in all in all its different forms, from the teleplay down to the, to the poem, talking about how... How that affects people, those ideas and how they can create different forms of writing for science fiction is still going on to this day. It's not really a fixed format. It's still evolving. And that's a great thing because when something stops growing, it it usually starts dying. Because remember, growth is expanding outward, dying, expanding inward. <laughs> so it's good to see that that's continues to grow, and and we'll we'll talk about that because it, it it's always fun and and exciting to read it, to check out some of the shows, some of the films, some of the good and some of the bad, you know. And it, we'll we'll definitely do a, a show about that. Uh, I'm all, I'm always going to have a couple of show on the mechanics of writings. Always, I mean, I do that constantly because it's really uh, for me the bread and butter or the heart of the show is to make sure that we're still talking about things that people can use. Remember, previously we talked about a show on guidelines, and I try to make it not just about my own, but others, so you can see some of the ins and outs of why that was necessary, how in many ways they can be gifts to a writer to help them. Oh, maybe that's not some place I want to send myself to. That's not going to work for me. Let's go send it over here. By making better selections and by doing some basic research, it helps bring your writing 
uh, to a greater level of success. And, and it makes you feel a lot better about things too, because you know, there's nothing worse about sending 50 things out in a month and every one of them to the wrong market. I mean, literally, you've done nothing then, and that's not a good thing to have to feel or, or to have to realize. So that show, actually, uh, I, I got a lot of good comments about it, and uh, we just didn't really have enough of a show uh, to really talk about it this time. On the next mailbag, we'll talk more about that particular show and, and all the comments we, we had about that. It was pretty, some pretty interesting ones, and I'm, I'm happy to to definitely to see that. So we'll, we'll have a more more of those type of shows, as I always do, something like that. Uh, I'll probably do another one of the Metal Future shows. That's the, the metal uh, rock and roll show that I do. We talk about, you know, different things that are going on in, in that uh, in that field. Uh, last time I did a, an autobiography uh, a series with a, with a writer who's writing books about uh, various rock people, and he's doing some more. So we'll probably have him back as well. You know, I don't know if it's going to be August or not, but we're definitely going to have him back for some other things that he's writing. Because he's really interesting, and he's writing some interesting things about rock and roll people that we know do haven't died. Okay, so that's important too, because uh, you know he wrote one on someone that did die, but you know there's a lot of these people are still alive too. So it's 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 terribly interesting, and you know if you're a child of the '80s like myself, you remember a lot of these bands, and you're just interested about what's happened next and what's going on in some of these new things. So it'll be really. Uh, Really fascinating, and, and I like doing that show. I wish I could do more of it, but I only have so much time, and, and quite frankly, there's only so much stuff I can do about it. So I try to make it as interesting and dwelling as possible when it does go on, so it kind of lasts until we do it again. But, folks, I definitely appreciate your support. It's it's August, and uh, this is, uh, let me see here. Uh, yeah, this will be the... Uh, 20th month that we did this show at 135 episodes so we're going on strong um i'm really happy uh for um this uh writers uh, organization uh let me get the name of it over here because I, I don't always remember everything and i'm sorry about that um here we go um yeah writers relief so thank you very much for writers relief on the internet they uh, mentioned the uh, top 10 a podcast that concerned themselves with writing and strength to be human was their number one selection. So it's it's an exciting thing to see and read and to have people talk about and it's also you know a real honor to 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 be mentioned by anyone in that kind of light because it's never been a goal of me to be on the list and quite frankly it wasn't like they emailed me they just did that and went about their business and I just literally found it one day. When I'm looking for something, I'm like, what is this? Because it happens. Sometimes I Google stuff and I go, I don't even remember this being published. Because sometimes people will take your work, put it in a magazine, and they don't bother to send an email. Or they forget or something. Or it gets lost. I don't know. It happens. A couple times a year, I find stuff. I'm like, oh, Lord. And I have to rush to put that in my bio. Because I, I got to be able to fulfill my own. You know guidelines just as well as I tell other people to, and and that that's happening a couple of times where I'm like, God, I sent it out to somebody I didn't even know somebody published it, so I, I try to I try to scan on things on a regular basis to make sure, and that's how I found that, and you know I was a little surprised and 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 I was a little um you know excited sort of at the same time, but you know, I, I'm not trying to be falsely humble. The truth is is that that's not really a goal of mine, mainly because how the hell do you make a goal that way? I want to be the number one writing show in podcast history. I don't even know how to do that. So I really don't. 
I'm glad someone recognized it. I'm I'm grateful. To be honest with you, I'd be grateful if they mentioned it at all. And that's great. Because I only could do the show by talking about the things that I know about and that I believe in and that I care about, which is writers and writing. And that's the only way I can do the show. I couldn't do the show for any other reason. I'm not a fake person, and the show is not fake. So whether some folks get peeved at it or not, that's life. You'll, you'll live with it, okay? I'm married to the same woman for almost 20 years, okay? There's some days I'm like, God, she's great. And there's other days I'm like, oh, I just need to run in this room and just stay away for a little while. And so if that's marriage to somebody I love, then, hey, you're going to have to take me sometimes that you might not like what I have to say. Then the next episode, oh, my God, Mark is so awesome. So is Mark horrible or is Mark awesome? Uh, I'm probably neither. I'll be just somewhere in the middle. All right, folks, until next time, God bless, and thank you very much for supporting the show. Can't wait to read your emails uh, going forward. I really appreciate the time we've had together. You take care. Be safe out there. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.